When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Look right down any crowded hall. You'll see there's a beauty standing. Is she really everywhere or a reflection? One always calls out to you. The other's shy and quiet. Could there be two different girls who To Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. And this week, it's our birthday! Ah, happy birthday to, to us! Well, happy <laughs> birthday to us! We happy are four! We're four years old! Imagine, look at us there, my God, four years of singing about Mr. Collins. Oh, <laughs> uh, who could have thought it? Who could have predicted it? That back then, we would have listeners all over the world... That uh, we would have people singing along in chorus to Mr. Collins. (laughs) (laughs) That we'd have merch. Oh my God. It's so close, you guys. We promise it's so close. We'll stop teasing you soon. And actually just next time we'll just tell you it's it's available. (laughs) Yes. We did a little photo shoot wearing the merch. Now, I wish it had taken place after I got a very much needed post fully vaccinated hair colouring. But uh, just to ignore the top of my head. Can you see these pictures? <laughs> we can't have it all, unfortunately. <laughs> no. This last last few years have been, have been hard on us all. True. <laughs> um, but to celebrate our fourth birthday, we asked you, our listeners, to send us uh, some questions to ask us anything, if you will. Indeed. And two questions came up again and again, and they're closely connected, uh, so we can answer them together. Karen, can you reveal what the most commonly asked questions were? Uh, well, one of them was, how did you two meet? Mm-hmm. And the other was, where did you get the idea to do this podcast in the first place? <laughs> and now I wish I could say that we met with our eyes locked <laughs> over a milkshake in the Dairy Burger, each of us reading a Sweet Valley High book. But actually, the answer is extremely boring. So I hope you're not too disappointed. <laughs> Can you tell the listeners the very boring re- and unglamorous reality of how we met? Which is I mean, not a Sweet Valley High story. No, not at all. 
to be honest, I was actually trying to think, like, I, I don't know when we would have first met in real life, but we would have been aware of each other from, like, back when there were, like, 10 blogs in mm-hmm. Ireland, yes. you know? <laughs> and, like, I had one with my friend and you had one with your friend. <laughs> yes, and actually, I'm pretty sure the first time that we met in person was when you were a guest when my uh, friend Sinead Gleeson, an amazing writer whose books you should all check out, we had a, um, a sort of feminist group blog called The Anti Room. And um, this was like over 10 years ago. This is a very, very long time ago. And we did a podcast and we did some live episodes, um, which were which were great fun. And you were on either the first or the second podcast, I think. Oh, you're right. Yes, I was on talking about Fifty Shades of Grey because at the time I was doing like these recap posts on my blog about how much I hated Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that was what brought me into that, I think. And yeah, and then we just kind of like we follow each other on Twitter and we would have just had the crack with each other online. And yes. then it was kind of like, yeah, we're just kind of simpatico. and the 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 podcast then happened because Karen was doing these amazing Sweet Valley High written recaps uh of which I was a great fan and I listened to an episode of a podcast I won't say what it was because it wasn't like it was a terrible podcast but they were recapping one of the Sweet Valley books and it it was sort of not linear enough like I was thinking Jesus I have I have read that book a very long time ago and I would be a bit confused because you know, they were being funny but it was they weren't sort of telling the story so I think if you didn't know it it would be slightly confusing and as somebody who's been a big fan of funny recaps since like the late 90s when I was reading <laughs> Dawson's Rap which was started by um Tara Ariano and Sarah uh, D. Bunting who went on to found television without pity um I I just love anything that takes the piss out of something while te- recapping the the story and I thought wow some we, I would love to do a Sweet Valley High recap podcast and who could better <laughs> than the Sweet Valley recapper herself <laughs> it was me <laughs> so I asked Aaron if she was interested and luckily she was yeah, and it's funny because I'd say like when we did actually start the podcast together, like we didn't really know each other that awful well, I would no, say. No, just like, sort of, you know, friendly acquaintances. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and here we are now. Yes, <laughs> a made in podcast heaven. Because <laughs> <laughs> actually we went to Headstuff and pitched a podcast because we knew that, you know, that they had started the network and they were, you know, already producing really good podcasts and they had the the facilities and we did a pitch. We, we did the two of us we came in all excited with like arms full of Sweet Valley High books and just like battled for like 20 minutes at poor Alan who was just like what is happening <laughs> I think I've heard of these books you seem really excited I think we might give this a go <laughs> so thank you Alan for having faith in us um, but yeah we went in and we recorded uh, our first three episodes so we had no idea whether anybody would listen to them like it was quite, <laughs> quite a gamble it really was and uh yeah and the, the rest is history I don't, they, we're just very lucky that's it they just they haven't been able to stop us coming back yeah. and sending them episodes and being like here's today's two-hour episode <laughs> remember when they used to be half an hour yeah either do we yeah. <laughs> that was a long time ago <laughs> so i remember we we did get uh we, we got into like 
quite high in the Irish podcast arts charts with the first episode, which I was very excited by. And uh, we never got that high again. No, that was it. The kind of first week or two was very exciting. There's a lot of screen capping going on. Yep. It's like, oh my God, there we are in the charts. Look at us go. And uh, yeah, that has not happened since. But look, well, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter. Well, I think the big difference between now and then is that we have listeners all around the world, which we love. That is like very it. true. Yes. Um. So uh, yes, that is the origin story. Uh, sadly, not a Sweet Valley High drama worthy, I'm afraid to say. But uh, <laughs> But we, we we hope that it has satisfied your your curiosity. And uh, th- th- there were other questions besides this. Uh, NCAM16 asked, did either of you dream about wanting to be a twin sibling based on reading the books? I did, she says, or he, um, or they. But did you, Karen? No. And yeah, it's funny because like I always enjoyed stuff about twins, like obviously this and like sister, sister. Mm, um, and like, yeah, as as a, a storytelling trope or whatever, twins are, are fun. But like, I guess there's no real mystery to it for me because my mom is an identical twin. <gasps> um, so. I always forget this. About yeah. <laughs> she still is. <laughs> I remember being so like, <gasps> when you told me, it was like, oh my God, the Sweet Valley connection runs deep. <laughs> the revelations. Yeah, like there's loads of twins uh, on my mom's side of the family. And uh, yeah, she herself is an identical twin and has pulled off the occasional twin switch oh. for the crack. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, it didn't often work because, you know, people knew them well enough to be like, yeah, all right, Francis. <laughs> <laughs> Someday, if she's up for it, we should get her in for a twin Q and A about should, the accuracy actually. of the books. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was never kidnapped by somebody. I presume. No, she has. <laughs> she was not kidnapped. She's had a much less dramatic life than uh, the Wakefield twins. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't think I ever really dreamed of being a twin because even though I do not have, uh, I do not have a twin or any twins in the family, um, I do have three sisters, and I think that was enough. Quite yeah. frankly. <laughs> You'd love to be getting on with. I know at least one of them's listening, so apologies. But that's why I love them. But uh, I don't think I wanted one exactly my age. At least I got, I was a middle child, so and still am, obviously. And uh, I think that, I don't know, I think that would have been, I think it would have been too much for, um, if, if you're a part of a big-ish family, I think you have to struggle to get attention at the best of time. <laughs> the last thing you need is another one in the mix. Exactly. <laughs> Genterested uh, asked if you could write your own Sweet Valley book, what one thing would you want to include? <gasps> hmm. Uh, Mr. Collins, obviously. Oh, obviously, yes, definitely. <laughs> I guess the things that we wish were in books when they're not, if you know what I mean. Like we sort of wish there could be appearance from him. Um. So uh, the droids. Oh, more droids. Definitely more Dana. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, because often they'll kind of mention something in passing and it's like, oh, why, why wasn't that our B-plot? And it'll yeah. be something like way more fun sounding. But um, yeah. Uh, I think if I could go for one thing, it would just be Mr. Collins. <laughs> we always want more Mr. Collins. It's true. <laughs> we sort of went from being like, to just to kind of be very delighted to see him. That's it. I think it's because when they when we have a gap between appearances, we're suddenly really fond of just <laughs> seeing him return. And it's like we just forget about any weird behaviour. And we're just like, oh, we're just so happy to see him. We don't even He's care. <laughs> uh, Kelly's Roadhouse asked, what's your favourite episode you've done? Hmm. Yeah, I think hmm. Hmm, I think in our in our most more recent ones, 
the ghost of Trisha Martin was like surprisingly <laughs> ridiculous. And that was actually a really fun one because Stephen was so creepy. And I just remember we just had great crack recording it because it was I don't, it was just such a weird book and him <laughs> face planting skydiving into a side of a cliff like there was so much mad shit in that book and I suppose it's when you don't expect much from a book and then it just pulls out all this completely crazy stuff it's just like okay this was actually really good fun <laughs> yes the pleasant surprises are always great that's the thing yeah but like uh, yeah that one and probably well Murder in Paradise was, would probably be up there that was well. my first thought was Murder yeah. in Paradise because because it is the most bonkers of was, the whole series. It was and, so crazy. And oh, it God. is very funny. Yes. And that one actually was also real fun to record as well. Because that was like us. We were on our own, I think, in the studios <gasps> at night. And oh, it ended up being spookier than we kind of meant it to. Because we were like, shit, now we have to lock up in the dark and make our way home. Oh, God. And <laughs> go down like three flights of stairs. <laughs> yeah. It's dark. <laughs> more atmospheric than we meant it to be <laughs> much more uh, Monarchy314 asked what podcasts do you listen to what are your favourites at the moment Karen oh god so many um, I love Juvenalia always yes. a diehard stan of Juvenalia we've both been on the show we have. Um, I love at the minute. Actually, I'm bet into my pod on paper because I'm mm. a I'm a Love Island viewer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm only kind of embarrassed to admit it. Um, <laughs> even this podcast. No, it's true. Really, of all places, we couldn't be ashamed of stuff here. Exactly. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, I, I really like um, Root Tales of Magic. That's a really Ooh, fun. I kind don't of, know that it's one. It's like a D and D improv kind of. Um, ah. Kind of like Hello from the Magic Tavern. A little bit. Yeah. And again, I love Hello from the Magic Tavern as well. Yeah. So I always have a big soft spot for like a good fantasy D&D, like silliness (laughs) kind of podcast. Um, Oh, I like Keep It for like pop culture stuff. And what else? Love Sissy That Pod. Like, of I know course, we, we, yes. we just had Keenan James, but I genuinely adore those two and love their show. And my dad wrote a porno, probably be another one as well. Yes. The I, the last, the finale of the most recent series, I actually shrieked <laughs> at the end. At the twist. It was oh, amazing. I'm very invested in the story now, to be honest. It, like, I yeah. think it's, it's it's sort of transcended its original roots. I'm I very... Mean, after six seasons or something of listening to it, yeah. you kind of you just end up by default invested in what's actually going to happen next. It's true. I, like, I think there was the danger of... Uh, we were talking about this in real life recently, about once he realised the fandom, um, that it would, you know, lose the like the spark of sort of mm. outsider art um <laughs> but actually i think he has focused on the plot and it's actually been quite good like it's been yeah. ridiculous there but... are moments of like where i actually have gasped in in shock at like a development and it's like i can't believe i'm actually this emotionally invested <laughs> me too I, well, I genuinely love the duchess any appearance of the duchess i'm oh, pleased right yes fantastic um, i think my other favorite narrative podcast which mm. is very different and isn't funny at all and is extremely creepy is um the magnus archives which i i recommend for anybody who likes properly creepy stuff um at, at about a hundred 100 episodes in my oh, wow. my older sister got me into it um so it's like uh, the 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 archives of this institute that collects supernatural ex- encounters and uh, and researches them, but as it goes on, you realise that there's something big going on in the background, and uh, it's great. It's very scary, and I also like. And this was a very pleasant surprise because I didn't think I would. But um, Conan O'Brien needs a friend is so 
funny and I had no interest in listening to a podcast where you know a famous talk show host interviews other celebrities their friends yeah yeah but actually my husband who also had the same reaction listened to one episode um and said this is actually properly hilarious oh and it genuinely is he's just genuinely really funny and his dynamic with his two assistants is extremely funny and uh yeah, I'm always delighted when there's uh, when there's a new episode. So that was my my recent pleasant surprise. Lovely. Um, oh, and there's another rep- podcast that I love called The Land of Desire, uh, which is like French history, um, but told in a very engaging and sort of witty way. And uh, uh, it's one of my favorites. It only comes out once a month or so, so it's always a pleasant surprise. When there's oh, a lovely! New God, like if that was me, I'd actually forget that I was even subscribed to. <laughs> yeah if you like you must remember this which i'm also a big fan oh, of. oh yeah um, i love that one then uh, then you might like land of desire because it's mm. a similar good storytelling cool so yeah, i think we have fairly eclectic tastes in podcasts there that's a fairly widespread of things yeah that's We're covering true. a lot <laughs> oh so giddy ant asked happy birthday thank you giddy ant tv winston or Ken Matthews, our himbo king. Oh no, that's too hard. <laughs> Not for me, TV Winston. <laughs> Don't have to think about it. Oh, I think, yeah, I probably would air towards TV Winston too, <gasps> just because there's well, there's humour in him, you know? I mean, as much as I adore Ken, he's <laughs> never funny on purpose. <laughs> that know? is true. Or rarely enough it happens. And I do yeah. love him, but um, you'd have more crack with TV Winston. You would. Uh, I am Sarah 1981 asks, which book do you like the most or least and why? Hmm. Uh, I think the one I genuinely have the most affection for, because it was one of the first I read and it is a solid gold banger and it inspired our theme tune, is Alone in the Crowd. Oh, that is a great one. That's true. Yeah. Um, oh, a soft spot for Dear Sister as well, because that's just oh, an old timer kind of classic. Yes, yes. Like it's so ridiculous. Worst. Now we we have had a few pretty crap ones in uh, hmm. in recent times. I I remember there's been a few a few a few dots. God, yeah. I think the ones that I like the least are well, it's stuff like power play when there is like just straight up horrible bullying in it. Yeah, and it's, it just kind of sucks the joy and silliness out of it somewhat when you're like, actually, mm. this is kind of horrible now. Yeah, um, like so, yeah, Perfect ones, Girl recently. Yes, like, exactly. Was not yeah, fun. there's there's not much fun like and the thing is even with those books there'll still be something silly or some kind of a, a funny b plot or something kind of to pull it back slightly but just yeah overall the joy isn't really there in mm, those books I yeah feel like yeah i agree and um, not that kind of md asked worst wakefield liz is annoying steven is a creep and jess is a psychopath <laughs> all true i think i have to go with jess because only she has bullied somebody to the point of you know actual yeah. harm extremes yeah that's true yeah that's the thing because Liz is a pain in the hole but like mm. she's not going to try and ruin your life for no reason no true um, Stephen yeah definitely oh, creepy and yes. yeah yeah I say Jess is the worst or do you do you pull it back and go maybe Ned and Alice are the worst because <gasps> they made them so this is all their true. fault okay. <laughs> they always blame the parents but in this case yeah, they, they have to they do I mean look at all three of their kids there's something that's not right there <laughs> something's gone very wrong <laughs> Uh, Laura Kate Diva asked what was the first Sweet Valley book you ever read and how old were you can you remember the exact title Karen god I actually can't you see this is the thing because I 
I don't remember the specific one that I would have read first, but I just remember being so obsessed with them and like mm. working my way through a shelf in the library. Um, and just, yeah, I, they, they were just, as soon as I got into them, it was like, oh, I've always been into this. And I just read as many <laughs> as I could get my hands on. I don't think I was even reading them in any kind of order. It was just like whatever I could get. I was reading (laughs) but like I would have been like the the target age like I would have been like 11 or 12 reading them so like I would have come to Sweet Valley quite earnestly as an actual fan and like genuinely really loved like getting stuck into the series and loving the characters whereas I know you were kind of you were a a bit older getting into it from a more cynical point of view. (laughs) I've always read them in a taking the piss way. Exactly yeah and I was like genuinely like loved these books yeah. Yeah because I was like 16 or 17 now I was always aware of them I know I've spoken on the podcast before that my sisters and I used to go into the uh the bookstall and the Mm. shopping center when my mom was going to like the supermarket and we'd read the blurbs on the back. Yes. Um but I I think I, I was reading and I did read a few when I was about 13 but I think that was s- sort of just you're old enough to sort of want be starting to get into the like you know the more gritty yes. YA stuff of the 80s and so I kind of spurned them then until rediscovering them as an object of high amusement <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years later so when I was about 16 or 17 and it was crash landing we had crash landing and a Malone in the crowd appeared in my house somehow. Brilliant. And after that, my sisters and I were just buying them in charity shops for like uh, 50p. Um, <laughs> and uh, we we all found them hilarious to the extent that when SVU launched we, a few years later, we were like, oh, <gasps> <laughs> there's more. <laughs> I remember getting the first SVU uh, book from my sister, Jenny, and being really excited about keeping it a surprise for her because she didn't know they existed. They just <laughs> come out. Oh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I I I was always coming to them kind of in the spirit of this podcast. Yes, to be honest. and yet you found yourself getting excited genuinely about SVU. Yes, so you know, exactly. it got you in the end. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I can't. You see, I can I can't. Uh, I can't mock anybody for taking them seriously because <laughs> I mean, look how. Look at us doing a podcast on it. <laughs> Look how much energy we spend on them now. <laughs> uh, Jen Terrested asked as well, what book are you most looking forward to podcasting? Well, there can, at this stage, there can only be one we're really looking for, or I'm really looking forward oh, to. Like it's Margot all day long. It, yeah. it is. It yeah. is. <laughs> I, I thought, I didn't want to speak for both of us, but. No, no you would have been correct. <laughs> um, Neri asked, Tell us more about your thoughts on the twin series. Bring on the rant. See, I can't even rant about it. I just had no interest in them. I think because they're not ridiculous enough to have the fun chaos of the Sweet Valley books. And because I didn't read them as a kid, mm. I have no emotional attachment to them. Fair. Any thoughts? Okay. Yourself? Yes. See, yeah. So I like I would have read twins when I was like 11 and 12. Yeah. So like when I was reading Sweet Valley High, they were in the library but they weren't coming out, or at least I didn't see them in bookshops very often um, as like a new release. So it's oh. Sweet Valley Twins were the ones that were kind of coming out in bookshops as new books when I was reading Sweet Valley High. So like when I'd get like book tokens and book vouchers and stuff for my birthday, because, you know, as a bookworm kid, that's what you get. Of course, <laughs> it was the dream. Absolutely. I was going into that bookshop and I was buying whatever new Sweet Valley there was on the shelf and it was twins were, yeah. were what were coming out at that stage. So I did read and enjoy the twins books and there was one in particular because they they did like like the super chillers were like their take on a super thriller (laughs) so there was one called the ghost 
in the <gasps> bell tower Ooh. um that I fucking loved because it was like the the twins go to like this old inn that their aunt has inherited and they have to help her fix it up for the summer some bullshit like that it's something convoluted but there's like Jessica and some random Wakefield cousins are trying to trick Liz into thinking it's haunted and they play all these pranks on her trying to make her think there's a ghost but then there actually is a ghost <gasps> and like I, I love really some a ghost. is it a proper this, ghost it's a proper ghost Ooh. and I love I love and have always loved some spooky shit me too so this was just like absolutely up my alley I just loved it but like yeah I definitely had a like a, not a huge collection of twins books but I had I had a good few and mm. genuinely really liked them yeah see yeah I think if if they'd just been a bit they they weren't ridiculous enough to read for fun when you're 17 no de- oh, definitely yeah no no that's true um but uh you know I I that's why I won't accept them as canon but it is it is <laughs> actually ironically very childish of me <laughs> Um, Neri also asked what about the other uh, prequel spin-offs now um, I I don't know if there I don't know any prequel spin-offs apart from the ones like the the family sagas which we only have one left to do which we will do we will do we get no but there, there is a series there is that I only realised I think maybe in the last year or two existed but there is Sweet Valley Kids <gasps> oh I did know that existed where I, they're um, like really I, small children like and six yeah. or something yeah and I have ne- I, like literally did not know they existed until very recently <laughs> have absolutely no interest in them <laughs> yeah I think they'd just be they are two like bad little kid books I think yeah the, I think the, so yeah. the general vibe and <laughs> will we be getting a graphic novel recap well possibly because we have both read it you have it and I borrowed it off. That's true. Yeah, we we had a we had a small chat about it. I think on one of the episodes, mm. God, ages ago. But um, but yeah, we like we didn't get in depth on it or anything. But yeah, we definitely could do that because yeah. it is quite good and actually, yeah, as like a kind of more modern take on Sweet Valley. I think it did it quite well. Yes, yeah. much better than, uh, and Celeste English asked, have you read any of the continued storyline oh. books like <laughs> Confidential? Now we know a lot of people hate confidential and I am one of them I thought it was absolutely appalling and I was so disappointed because I was really excited about it and part of the reason I was excited was because SVU was actually pretty great yeah that's a shame and I have a copy of confidential and I still haven't read it but I know I kind of know what happens in it because of everybody giving out about it so much so I kind of know the gist and like I will get to it eventually um but I think yeah, I know. Yeah, people were kind of saying it's not even like fun, terrible. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem with it. I think like it's not. Um, it's just, it's just kind of boring and and it feels like it's they don't feel like the characters, so it's actually kind yeah. of annoying. Oh, so yeah, I know you um, like threw your in the bin or something. You so I, didn't, I didn't even keep it. I think I. I, I, I it was abandoned and uh, that would be the recycling bin listeners don't worry but uh, I was really really disappointed about it so I haven't read the I know they did the sort of like soap opera style one the sweet life then yeah, yeah. it's like a mini series that came after that were ebooks I I have actually downloaded the first one but I haven't oh, read that yet because I was like when I got I kind of like I literally picked up confidential in a charity shop it was like mm. one of these proof copies that sh- had no business being in mm. a charity Shop, but I saw it there and I was like, oh, yoink. Um, <laughs> and at the time, I was like, no, I'll read that now when I've gotten a bit further into the Sweet Valley series. Because at the time, I was kind of collecting them myself and kind of rereading them. And I was like, it, was, it had been so long since I'd read them. I was like, no, I'll I'll get more familiar with the, the mm. you know, familiarize myself with it, then read Confidential, but never got around to it. But I'd say we'll have to do an episode about it eventually. For oh, the yeah, yeah. In fairness, yeah. I mean, we could just yell about it for, for <laughs> three hours or something. Yeah. Or usual. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Tinfoil Tango asked, what happened to Todd's little brother? Oh it was God. mentioned in the early books, now gone forever. What indeed? Jesus, they must have left him behind in Vermont. Oh, maybe that's it. <laughs> He's just skiing the slopes, not a care in the world. Fucking <laughs> Kevin McAllister abandoned in Vermont. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, given the time, you know, weird time scale of Sweet Valley, he could have just been there for like 24 hours <laughs> with <Truly>? 75 books. <laughs> I mean, wither Lil Wilkins. We do not know. My God, yeah. Left for dead. Mm. Uh, Waterware 77 asked, can we please start an annual Sweet Valley convention complete with cosplay? Yes, please. That would be incredible. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes, is my answer to that. Who would you dress up as? (gasps) Lila. Oh, nice. Or Reg- yeah. dead Regina. With oh, a nosebleed. Dead Regina come back a zombie Regina. <laughs> <laughs> or just Regina with a nosebleed. Oh, God. <laughs> Looking so a bit sort of blue around the eye, around, oh, the, around the gills. Mm. Who would you be? God, yeah. Now that you've said Lila, I was like, oh, but I, I have, my face is definitely not flat enough to uh, to pull that off. Mm, um, I don't think mine is either, actually. I could probably do a fairly solid uh, Lynn Henry with oh. the long brown hair. If I had the right Deirdre Barlow glasses, I could maybe have a stab at that. Just carry yeah. around a guitar. Actually, I do have <laughs> brown hair and glasses, maybe. <laughs> this is like when my friends and I, well, my housemate and I wanted to have a spinal tap party and then we didn't because we both wanted to be Bobby Fleischman. <laughs> It's never going to work. It could be only one. <laughs> um, Maria Teresa Bibliotecas asked, you're trapped in an elevator with Francine Pascal. What's the first thing you say? Oh, my God. Oh, I think I might be speechless. <laughs> or else, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> or thank you. Yeah, no, in fairness, like we <laughs> we owe quite a lot to her. <laughs> She's given yeah. us much content, or at least Kate William has. <laughs> yes. But we owe it all to Francine. We do, true. Um, Kirsty Sharp said, not a question, just discovered a re- restaurant in Glasgow selling clams. <laughs> <laughs> just to taunt Karen there. Thoughts and prayers, Kirsty. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here is an amazing question from uh, Helieva. I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing your name right. Cola. If Drag Race was a, were a thing in Sweet Valley High, who would stand what queen? Oh, man. Okay. Um, that is hard. You know, I'd say, you know, I feel like Lila would really be into the look queens, like a mm. Violet Chachki or Aquaria, yes. those kind of gals. Yeah, the um, high fashion, but yeah, tend real... to be slightly low in personality. True, queen. yeah, that is true. But uh, then if Jess would probably go for the more chaotic queens, I would mm, say. Yes. Liz would, I think, go for the more the thoughtful queens. You know, Your miscongenialities, yeah. Yes, yes. It had to be my favourite now, it has to be said. So, um, uh, who would... And Olivia now. I'd say Olivia would go for one of the more... Maybe something oh, like she, Evie she, Oddly. You know, yes, or Crystal Message, the real yes. kind of left field kind of queen. Yeah, yeah that's never really know true. what the hell they're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, oh, Enid. Who would Enid go for? Oh. An underdog mm. now. 
my favorite narratives in Drag Race are always it's why I was I was are always the like somebody like Jinx yeah. Monsoon. Jinx Monsoon, exactly. That's one, the first person he said underdog. He's one of my like, yeah, favorite winners because it was like in your face, you bitches. You tried to be mean to her, and look oh. at her now. She won, and you were horrible to her, and she's triumphed. So right, the whole in fact the Baskatox click could nearly be oh. Lila, Jess, and Amy. Could <laughs> <laughs> Oh, who would Amy go for? Oh, one of the meanest. super bitches. Yeah, I was going to say someone really shady and mean, like yeah. Fifi O'Hara. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow, we'll have more. We'll have to keep pondering that because uh, I think that I might be keep James back for, uh, for another crossover with that. <laughs> um, yeah, that could be another Instagram challenge, Karen. You've been doing some great ones recently. <laughs> Monarchy 314 asked, we all know Karen is Team Ken, but which Sweet Valley High does Anna pine for? Hmm. Oh, God. Well, I mean, in terms of boy, I mean, they've all, given their, the descriptions of all their sort of, their outfits, they tend to go mm. wearing sort of like chinos and slacks <laughs> and having like poofy, fluffy, fluffy, fluffed up, um, giant, giant sort of, you know, poofs at the front. Yes. Like they, they don't have, they're, they're not, the descriptions of them aren't the most attractive. That is true. You will, you have to go by personality then really, won't you? Mm, then probably Winston. Oh, interesting. Oh, so okay. Bruce is probably the hottest. Well, that's the in, thing. In he is hot. Like, which is he terrible. Just, but he he's just is. the worst. <laughs> <laughs> You'd hate yourself afterwards, but you oh, won't. You would. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, yes, next up um, in real Joanna in a oh, Joanna in a Turin asks in real life which Sweet Valley character are you most like? Hmm. I have to say, it probably is somebody like Olivia. Boringly, yeah, same. Yeah, Olivia. I was, mm. I was like, do I even say Enid? Oh God, yeah. I'm just not, like, I know I'm not. I'm no Jessica. I'm no Lila. I hope I'm not a Liz because she's yeah. so judgy. <laughs> Uh, oh, maybe you know what? We're if anything, we're like Kathy because we're we are oh, funny. That's true. We are we are Kathy. Actually, I'll tell you one of the characters who I identified with the most is there's in one of the later books, Annie gets a stepsister who moves from New York, and unlike Andrea Slade, um, she by the way, Andrea Slade got sort of put back in her box after appearing for like two books. Thought she was oh, going to be yeah. a main character. Has where was she with the? hot cousin was t- turned up <laughs> no interest <laughs> um but uh, yeah Cheryl moves from New York and is just like why is this town so you know uh, ret- like stuck in the 50s and oh. why-, <laughs> why are you all obsessed with like school sports and going to pep rallies and uh I we don't none of you um seem to have any independence outside your sort of preordained roles of like yes Cheryl this place is weird you tell them so she has no time for the sort of rah rah sweet valley high nonsense so interesting okay yeah. on a fundamental level then I think I probably identify with her the most oh well yeah that sounds very relatable yeah. <laughs> uh Alana Dare asked what's the most ridiculous sweet valley high book can only be murder in paradise I mean you know someone's trying to steal Alice's face I don't think it gets more ridiculous than that <laughs> like even the vampire and werewolf ones aren't as insane as this 
Mm. And I am looking forward to those as well, oh actually. Oh my God, say. I can't wait. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, a, a book that has like all these like hot runaways who've been given plastic surgery and Enid is brainwashed and it just everything about it is amazing. It's completely bananas. Yeah, that's definitely one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Maria Teresa Biblioteca asked, if you could enter the world of One Sweet Valley High book and somehow alter the plot, which Ooh. book and why? I mean, we could say the Margaret ones and have her kill both twins, but we don't really want that. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Satisfying as that would be. It would be. <laughs> um, can you think of one where? Oh God. Um, I think really mm. the only ones that I'd really be like wanting to alter the plot is the ones where like really horrible things happen mm. to like Robin and stuff, where he could just come in and tell them all to stop being such fucking bitches. Yes, that's the thing. Or have Jessica actually experienced some consequences of her actions? I've changed that in about seventy percent of them. Because mm. yeah. you know, wherever she does something terrible, I want it to actually you know, have some effect on her. That's it. You want the bad guy to get their comeuppance. Mm. And unfortunately, even though she's, you know, one of our, like meant to be the central character and hero, Jessica is a bad guy. She 100% is. <laughs> yeah. NCAM16 said, the SVH board game is a Lila shrug to feminism, but how fun is it? Hope you review it. Well, we, we did take it into, you did take it into the studio for one of our birthday episodes. That's true. Yeah. You didn't play it. No, you we have haven't played, played it. it. I have played it. And even over the weekend, I was playing I, it because I saw. <laughs> I was like, this is going to make her real jealous now. This is mean. <laughs> but we were supposed to play it. Uh, you were supposed to come over to my house and then COVID happened. <laughs> you know, someday we'll have a Sweet Valley game night. We'll do it properly and we can do a proper rundown of it then. <laughs> yes, we can set something to record to have some highlights of our uh, <laughs> of our gameplay. Yes. Uh, Claire PH asked, what other teen 80s and 90s series did you read? Hmm. Hmm. I loved a series of books by Marilyn Kay called The Sisters series. So it was uh, about four sisters, unsurprisingly. <laughs> and um, they all had very different personality types. Oh, <laughs> There's like the rebel, the sort of party girl, the shy girl, but I loved them. And oh, right. uh, if yeah, and I, they had they had really sort of cool watercolor covers. So um, I did love them. I I never got into like the Babysitters Club books. Same. So. I've never read a single Babysitters. Yeah, book. me too. And I used to think, yeah. oh, they weren't around in, in my youth, but they totally were. The first one came out in 1986, which was the year I oh, turned wow. 11. So oh, they like, really were like yeah, concurrent with Sweet Valley. Yeah, so. entirely. Yeah. I think even at the time when I was reading Sweet Valley High and like I would have been aware of the babysitter's yeah. child, I, was just, I was just like, whatever, I don't care about that. That's for babies because, you know, I'm 12 now. I read about <laughs> Sweet Valley High. <laughs> I think I thought they looked kind of almost too wholesome. Yeah, I think so too. It was like there wasn't going to be as much like scandal and drama mm. as Sweet Valley High had for sure. So, uh, or that's certainly the impression I got. We're saying this now having never read any. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> to, so prove us wrong, listeners. <laughs> Are there any other ones you were a fan of? God, in terms of series, I can't really hmm. think, but I'm trying to think what I was reading back as well around then. Like I would have read some Paula Danzinger. Oh my God, sure. I was obsessed with Paula Danzinger. Yeah. I loved her. I remember reading her like in 1988, like the summer of 1988, discovering her just before <laughs> I turned 13 and being like, this is everything I want yeah. to read. <laughs> they were written in the present tense and everybody was kind of cool. And they were yeah. living in like Woodstock and getting the bus into the city. And um, oh, I, I just loved them. Uh, I wish I had all my Paula Danzigers now. 
Yeah, but they were very they were cool. Yeah. They were very cool. The names were amazing. Mm. Like the um there's a bat and bug five and it's an aardvark eat turtle world and things like that <laughs> yeah i am a big big paul and danziger fans here uh loose enders asked what would lila's olympic sport be real yeah. or fictional oh my god um hmm. Hmm. I, yeah you'd need to i think you'd need to like invent like a pentathlon for Lila yes. where it's like there's like a shopping round and then there's like a stealing boyfriends round and then there's a like making people feel really small about themselves it's mm. <laughs> <laughs> so bullying uh, maybe shoving people into swimming pool rounds. to say pool push yeah <laughs> I'm saying yes if I had to just pick one I would think pushing people into pools yeah I think so too synchronised pool pushing oh <laughs> yes <laughs> Bring that to LA twenty twenty eight, whenever the hell it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah. Uh reading in MT asks uh for Karen, is everything going well with the transplant? That was so nice. <laughs> yes, everything's gone really well and I've had no complications and I've been very lucky and everything's great. So thank you for asking. Hurrah! Uh, Joe of the Jasmines asks any plan to continue past SVH can't imagine not having you both in my life you bring joy Oh, literally the nicest thing you can tell somebody really that's lovely um, well I mean once it's going to take us a while like yeah to be honest we, we've another good four years of, of literally just Sweet Valley High to get through yes, I would say like, are we, we're in or about at the halfway point I think and like that's not yes. including the random deadly summer super edition super thriller nonsense like there's it's going to be a good few years before we get to that point yeah. I feel like but I, I would be up for, for going to, to SVU mm, after same. that like, they're just harder to track down those books they though, are they? that's the, sh- the problem I mean maybe mm. by that stage some genius will have put them up on um uh, as ebooks um, mm. because to be honest at the moment you know having the books as ebooks is what's making this podcast possible of the, yeah, the current and they do have they are available all the way through the post Margot era you know where it's mm. all like mini series and double yes, all, all trilogies and double yeah. parties yeah, um, yeah but yeah we've don't worry we're not gonna run out of anything for a very long time it did. yes um and uh yeah Watchrock asked us, uh, have we watched Dairy Girls? Uh, and could we do special podcast episodes where we discuss, I need your opinions on the Irishness. Well, I, I think I we have. Well, I've watched Dairy Girls. Pretty sure oh, you have as well. Love Dairy Girls. Yes. yes. Um, and it is very authentically Irish. I don't know if we'd be the right people to to sort of discuss it because I think so much of it is very specific to growing up in Derry. Uh, this is the thing. Yeah. Like the uh, Irishness is absolutely bang on, but it's yes, also very specific. Universal. It's but, all yeah, but in its own way, it's also quite specific to Derry. And as yes. people not from there, it's like I am assuming that they're getting a lot about of that right in terms yes. of the slang and stuff. Yeah, but like, and also yeah. I think the experience of growing up in the north at the time is very different from even though I think the characters are only like a few years young, maybe three or four, three years younger than me. You know, in terms mm-hmm. of how old you were in the mid nineties, um, the the experience of being that age in on that side of the border. And in Dublin is very different in terms of the wider context when it comes in. But it has to be said, I mean, all the school stuff. Like oh God, the fact yeah. that there's like all the nuns are 900 years old if they were already, <laughs> except one, which was what my school was like. There was like two nuns teaching uh, and everybody else were like very old and they used to just wander around the place. <laughs> and they all had names like Sister Henry and Sister Cecil and... Uh, 
the younger nuns now, that's the one thing that isn't accurate, though I get why they called her that name, but you wouldn't get a nun who was that young in the 90s called Sister Michael because mm. all the, the ones with men names were sort of pre-Vatican too. So They're the real older nuns, yeah. yeah. Did you have any nuns in your school? No, I went to a mixed school that ah. used to be a boys' school. So they, we had... Um, They'd be like brothers yeah. um, oh, and, okay. and priests teaching and stuff. And they were all very sound and it was all it was all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, so I wouldn't have really encountered nuns that much at all yeah. um, in school. Yeah, they were just so, like even, you know, I was in secondary school from 88 to 93. And even then there were so few nuns that were still teaching, you know, mm. who were young enough to be teaching. Like, yeah. um, I, I don't think there'd be any now in, in most schools. No. Uh, but uh, yes, there's a lot of very universally Irish things. Derry goes like the funeral, where uh, <laughs> James, the wee English boy, has never oh. been to a proper funeral before. That's right. It's like he's never seen a dead body yeah. before or something. And it's like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what an Irish funeral is like. Yeah, yeah that was absolutely spot on. <laughs> it's like when you hear English people saying they've never seen a dead body till they were like 50, and you're like, what? How? <laughs> Like eating a sandwich next to one or something. Next to a body in a coffin. It's totally normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also the wedding stuff, like rocking the boat, oh, all yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. 100% accurate. True, true. Um, uh, if you ever did a pod, another podcast asked Wafer Oak, uh, again, with another series of books, which series would you choose? Hmm. hmm. I don't know if there's any other series I feel have quite the same feelings towards <laughs> that, that we feel this strongly about <laughs> <laughs> can you think of anything god I can't like uh, yeah no like Sweet Valley is really the one that has a hold on me I have to say mm. and I think it hits a sweet spot that it's genuinely entertaining but it's got the sort of love to hate vibe as well because mm. a lot of things that you you know one loves to hate are you can't keep that going you know they're they're not you can't love to hate it that much uh true yeah it's it just gets tedious after a while where sweet valley hits that spot of being still entertaining even though you're like oh my god this is stupid but you still want to know what happens yeah so (laughs) um and uh maria daddy or daddy asked are there plans for a live show when things like that are allowed again well i would love to absolutely yeah no we would love to I suppose it is just a case of when we can do stuff like that again because mm. I mean I suppose the way like obviously our last live show was brilliant but that was also 50 people in a fairly small room yeah <laughs> with no it windows really... so it wouldn't really be a runner <laughs> right now no um, but like whenever we could yeah if there was a way to safely do one down the line then like yeah we'd yes. both definitely be on for that for sure because it was I mean that live show which seems like a million years ago but it was yeah. it was November in um uh in 2019 oh my god yeah. <laughs> and it was um it it was just the most delightful thing when people talk about you know somebody asked earlier about uh doing a, a sweet valley convention i mean people dressed up for they that did. show that was it was so fun and the crowd were incredible because they sang along with the theme tune oh like i wasn't god. expecting any of that and it was just like this is the best crack <laughs> it was it was absolutely joyful well i had a bag of cans oh god we sure did (laughs) and uh yeah lisa toon a friend of the show who has given us some amazing screen caps in uh in recent times she asked several questions and they are all amazing so um these are all from lisa number one 
Fuck, Mary kill. Bruce Todd Winston. You can choose whether it's the book version or the TV version. I didn't include Ken because that would have been too easy. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so, denied your himbo prince. Okay. Who do you choose? Because I actually, I, I, I was thinking book versions now. So, okay. I, okay. I, it was. I'm afraid to say it was very straightforward. I think, yeah. Okay. Fuck, marry, kill. Fuck, Bruce, marry, Winston, kill Todd. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? Same for TV show. <laughs> <laughs> Todd will be booted off a cliff. Off you go now. You and your fists of fury can get the <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> it's too volatile. <laughs> Way too much. Um, question two. If you had to take a job in any of the various businesses <laughs> or organisations in Sweet Valley... Which would you choose? Ooh. Mm. I think I would choose the music shop, oh. as it's called. Yeah. Um, you know, because play you could sell some instruments. Uh, play <laughs> you, some you'd, instruments. you'd enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. Playing, playing your little ukulele. I would, yeah. I had to go to a mountain dulcimer on Saturday night. And it was great fun. Lovely. Just be working my way around all the random instruments. <laughs> having a go <laughs> what about yourself hmm I wonder I think I'd, I wouldn't mind putting in a shift at the beach disco just to see the oh, dancing you know gosh I was just thinking of the shops but yes yeah yeah no that would be good and uh, and apparently they just as we learnt in Amy's True Love they don't even seem to have a bar they just have drinks machines so that's true actually so have wouldn't, to do. wouldn't even have to do very much <laughs> just restock a machine every so often <laughs> Um, yeah so I think music shop beach disco mm, we're having the nice. time of our lives <laughs> living it up uh, okay third question as we know book Jessica is an irredeemable psychopath but I was mm -hmm. wondering if either of you find TV Jessica likeable you mentioned in earlier reps that it's satisfying how her scheming rarely pays off and she often faces consequences and I do find myself enjoying her as a character more than the book version obviously all versions of Lila are perfect I mean, yes, accurate. Agreed, yes. <laughs> um, I think she is a bit more likable in the TV series. She is. She is. Because even, I suppose, like, say, at the end of Secrets, when she kind of came round and was like, oh, Enid should have this. And she like, and it seemed out of character for her, but she actually just has those moments, whereas book mm. Jessica really doesn't. True. So I think it is actually in character for um, TV Jessica to sort of have humane moments because I don't know maybe they realised that actually watching somebody being such a massive arsehole constantly just a remorseless monster like you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't have anyone rooting for her <laughs> certainly not on like a kids 90s TV yeah. show anyway as like your heroine is just an absolute psychopath ruining lives it's like no that's not going to fly lads <laughs> so yeah I, even I suppose they, they kind of had to make her somewhat likeable even though she's mm. still pretty uh shifty in the the tv show but still it's nothing compared to book jessica I suppose. yes uh, i mean she's gonna like she has to be kind of a bitch or in fact yeah. a total bitch but or it uh, wouldn't work yeah. but also she has the scheming music which sort of highlights her her evil yeah very true because <laughs> oftentimes in the book it's like it, it's just played off as like oh that's just jessica you couldn't possibly be mad at her for too long and it's like you should be <laughs> whereas it's kind of done in a winky kind of way yeah with the, with the tv show yeah <laughs> <laughs> um the next question what is peak sweet valley for you like is there a moment for a book that you'd point to and go that's it that's sweet valley 
<laughs> I think Jessica and Bruce's dance. Oh, yes. Where oh, she, that's really good. Yeah. Where he's spinning around. And oh, they're, I, we're descri- they're described as poetry in motion. Fucking hell, that's right. That was completely nuts. Yeah, that is <laughs> definitely up there. I'd say any of the twin switches are probably very like, yes, this is kind mm. of the essence of yes. it. So like, so pretty much any moment from who's who would probably do it as well. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Lila dressed as Princess Diana. Oh my God, just a perfect storm of 80s beauty. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and last question, because um, now Lisa also asked if you're going to do Sweet Valley Confidential, but we have answered to that question. Um, lastly, uh, Lisa asks, in listening to the podcast, I'm struck by how many things were regularly mentioned in the books that I had little to no concept of and just accepted as exotic American things, TM. <laughs> Is there anything that you found out about during the podcast that's particular, particularly surprised or disappointed you? Oh, we've definitely found out a lot of things. That's true. Like the stuff like the marine biology classes actually being a thing <laughs> and all these crazy field trips. Like yes! I was not expecting that to be a real thing at oh all. Oh my God. Yes, that was a genuine shocker. It really uh, was a surprise. <laughs> yeah. I suppose stuff like them having a sorority in the high school, like mm. all along, I would have felt like that doesn't seem right. And it obviously isn't a yes. thing unless, apart from some very few specific ones in maybe the 60s or something. Yeah, I think a few people have told us that like, their mothers or their aunts yeah. and things were, yeah. or grandmothers were in sororities mm. but nobody you know no not nobody who was at school during the 80s mm. um yeah I guess I mean the definitely the marine biology was a recent <laughs> one uh, but I think stuff like uh the you know just the general school system the the split level ranch house you know what what that is we yeah. weren't really entirely sure um I think it's just if when you grow up outside um, America, especially in a country like Ireland, where you genuinely back then there was like no drama TV programming or books aimed at teenagers, really. True. Like your YA section was American stuff. Yeah. And English. To the extent that that when I wrote a book, you know, when I was uh, 13, when I read Paula Danziger and wrote a book, tried to write a book. When I say wrote a book, it was like 20 pages (laughs) that I got bored. But um, (laughs) when I was trying to write a a sort of teen book that was basically a Paula Danziger ripoff, I set it in America and I had never been there because I couldn't (laughs) conceive of a book about teenagers being set in Ireland. Just did not happen at the time it was maybe like two but they were you know it was definitely a time where books happened somewhere else to people who didn't sound like you very much so yeah that's funny actually because even now thinking like when I was like reading Sweet Valley High like in terms of Irish books I would have been reading you're looking at like Under the Hawthorne Tree and it's like oh god the famine Like, (laughs) like like there wasn't really or at least I don't remember reading much like contemporary Irish YA it was very yeah kind of no. scarce I mean right now it's fucking popping off like there's so much brilliant oh, yeah. Irish YA like no I think it makes a huge difference I and mean, it is why in my books like that, that I actually write now as an adult because I did eventually manage to finish a, a couple of writing That's, a few yes, novels if our listeners aren't aware Anna is actually a proper YA author and has written <laughs> very many excellent books that have like won awards and everything so you should go check them out <laughs> thank you Karen you're welcome um, but, uh, my first four like in fact all my books because three of them are historical novels but the first four are not and they are set like in the part of North Dublin I grew hmm. up in and that is because I never saw anything like it in um in 
in, in books at, when I was yeah. growing up. And it's why when I do events in schools, because they do let me talk to kids in schools, readers, I think I don't swear as much then as, <laughs> as I do with this podcast. <laughs> a much more PG version of Anna. <laughs> Very much so. But um, what I do, I do always tell the kids that if you don't see yourself, because even though obviously there are a lot more YA books for kids, like they mm-hmm. still are mostly talking about white middle class um, people. And I do always say to the kids, if you don't see yourself in a book, that's a reason to write your own story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one more reason to it. So I, I think the, the effect of reading, you know, everything from Sweet Valley as a teenager but it all seemed like almost a fantasy land like oh, it definitely. wasn't quite Narnia but it was you know it was removed from reality for us anyway for sure yeah because <laughs> it just there was there were very little points of, of of connection not a bit of relatability whatsoever the, except when I first went to America I remember at the end of my J1 summer seeing some cheerleaders because it was like oh September God. when people yes. were back in in school and seeing some cheerleaders and it was like seeing a unicorn like I genuinely was like seeing somebody dressed up or a magical creature honestly literally like what was it like three or four years ago I was on holiday in the states and we were in like a McDonald's on our way to somewhere and a pile of cheerleaders came in and I was just like this is fucking incredible oh my god they look amazing and I was so excited they were the hornets and I loved them (laughs) it was like being in the dairy burger and seeing sweet family gang Oh my god, they're so cool. I love them. Look at them there in their uniforms. And they all had like ribbons in their hair with their name on the ribbon in like glittery letters. It was fucking incredible. It genuinely was like seeing a whole herd of unicorns. I was like, this is the best day ever. (laughs) So yeah, American listeners, that's what it seems like to us. (laughs) Even now. (laughs) We do realize that, you know, a lot of people have like we don't have a romanticized view of America, but I think that the pop culture that we grew up with. It did not seem like it, it did seem basically like if that was meant to be just ordinary teens. Yeah. Also, the thing is that ordinary teens still had cars. Like, I didn't yeah, know a like, person who could drive, let alone had a car. So, <laughs> well, now when I was 16, I was driving, but maybe that's <gasps> just because I was down in Waterford and like living oh, in the sticks. So, yeah. I guess in Dublin, maybe not, but like out, outside of Dublin, <laughs> it but would it have been that true. unusual to that's be driving true. age 16. Yeah. The or 17, people- sorry. Yeah. <gasps> Did you have a uh, death trap Fiat Spider? I did not. I drove my mam's Ford Focus. <laughs> <laughs> Cruising down the Dungarvan Highway. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, listeners, thank you so much for all your questions. We hope that we have uh, answered them to the to your satisfaction. Yeah, hopefully. God, this is meant to be a mini sodium. We're here at nearly an hour. It's like ah. typical us. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because you guys sent in so many brilliant questions. So thank you for doing so. We, initially, we were like, oh, if we get like five, you know, we'll keep yeah. going for like 15 minutes or something. Be grand. <laughs> so thank you all. Um, and uh, and thank you for your 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 kind words. Um, because we, we do, it does make us extremely happy that so many of you enjoy listening to this ridiculous podcast and uh, you're... Your support is very, very much appreciated. It is, yeah. And yeah, it's kind of mad that we've been at it for four years now. So like, yeah, four more years. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) And in the meantime, we have one more episode this week to celebrate our birthday, of course. Our regular episode is coming out on Thursday. Now, Pi Beta Alpha kids, you already have the scoop on this. But everybody else might remember that in the last episode, we said that we would be discussing Miss Teen Sweet Valley. 
Thanks for the change of plan, listeners. Turns out we lied. (laughs) Can you tell us what we'll be reading instead? So yes, instead, on Thursday, when we are back in your ears, we will be chatting about Lila's story. (gasps) Our flat-faced queen. Hell yes, her whole episode, whole book, all for herself. Can't wait. Oh my goodness. You asked for it, listeners, and you will get it. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we will will see you all then. Um, So thanks again for listening. And uh, if you have any more questions and comments, you know where to send them. Um, you can contact uh, us on Twitter at SVH Podcast. Yeah, you can fire us over an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And you can see us, find us on Instagram at SVH Podcast, where again, Karen recently has been, uh, she's been doing Sweet Valley uh, TV characters at Star Signs. It's Man, been amazing. I- I lost the run of myself, put way too much thought into it. Did a whole astrology <laughs> meme series. Like, I have nothing else to be doing when I actually have loads to be doing. <laughs> it there has to be go. seen to be believed. I was very pleased as a Virgo, the most boring of signs, uh, was um, represented by Lila. So not, it was not, a nice and, surprise. And not just Lila, but Goldfowler. So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, people, if you're not members of uh, Pi Beta Alpha, it would be worth jo- joining if only to find out about Goldfeather, who <laughs> has to be, frankly, seen to be believed. Truly, there's no way to do her justice otherwise. <laughs> well, we uh, we won't be seeing Goldfeller, uh, that alter ego, on Thursday, but we will be heading to Fowlercrest when we find out... What lies behind that flat-faced visage (laughs) when we get into the mind of Sweet Valley's fashion icon, lifestyle guru, and all-round queen of our hearts, it is Lila's story. Oh my God, it's going to be good. See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade.